0: this in real slow real sexy hello everybody this is your host junkie and you are listening to the fabulous functabulous wabulous creative riding motorcycle podcast and right now you're hearing me jam out i do be vibing on the automaton let's relish in the sounds a motorcycle exhaust later, but right now I'm gonna suck on this automaton. Yeah, blow it out. I'm feeling it. All right, you know what you're gonna be feeling tonight? I can't turn. <laughs> I can't turn this down. I'm gonna torment your ears right now, not only with my voice, but the horrible automaton in the background. Let's just take a moment to vibe together.
1: Welcome to Create riding right home. I'm on a ride around Up your big fat one Welcome to Creative Riding Hope you don't like crappy music And crappy sing Cause you're dying Oh, gonna freestyle i gonna make it all about me Then I'm gonna give you a show That you're gonna listen to, see? It's only gonna be about an hour long And you're gonna listen to some crappy songs <laughs> And then you're gonna get the news And
0: all this Oh, Jesus This show's already gone downhill so fast This is good Come on Podcast Network. Welcome to Creative Writing, America's weird uncle of motorcycle podcasts. We're the big sounding podcast with the tiniest following. We're brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. For more details, head over to patreon.com forward slash creative writing to find out more. Now, doing a crazy, crazy show Ooh, ooh, yeah I feel it already God, better turn this off
1: Hey everyone, this is Liza From the Motorcycles and Misfits
0: Podcast (sighs) Okay Uncle Liza, hang on one sec This is Junkie from Creative Writing Podcast And we're gonna get into this week's show We don't have time to listen to you talk about Whatever it is you guys talk about on your show anymore And I don't think you're even there I don't think you're in I think you're fighting the war in Afghanistan right now or something like that. I don't know. Uh, Hey, everybody, this is Creative Writing. Do you want to hear a bear get shot on live radio? Sure you do. (laughs) Shut up, bear. All right. Now that you got that out of the way and uh, your dream has come true, um, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. We have a uh, couple things coming up here A couple uh, little festival dealios uh, We got some made up mail We got the word of the week We got our We're going to have some junkies health tips And I'm going to give you some tips to live long and strong Like you surf a billabong And why? No, no, not not so that you look good into your old age So you can live long and troll people. That's what I've decided I want my life, my life goal to be. I want to live to be 196. I'm 120, I'm 132 this year, actually. And uh, I want to live to be 196 so that I can troll people for damn near two centuries. Um, Anyway, so we got some health tips coming up. We got our big... uh, well, we're going to make fun of some a lot of people on this show We got to roast my bike with Wiggins uh, We got some news I can't wait to bag on Nokomoto And I'm glad I waited to, to do this uh, podcast Until today Because I really would have missed out on some gems uh, So yeah, we, do, we have a few things uh, Going on on this week's show Let's get started By giving our world famous World famous Disclaimer All right, everybody, the views and opinions, whoa, and I'm coming in loud and hot this week. Oh, yeah, by the way, uh, before we get into all that, Tobor, hey, Bubba, you are uh, sitting in the studio with us tonight, and uh, before we get into the show, maybe we should talk a little bit about uh, the studio and and how it's been here, but hi, bud, how you doing? It's nice to see you. Hello, Junkie. It is so very nice to be back once again. I know. we, We really have missed you. Um you have been here we just you you haven't been yourself let's put it that way do you want to uh well you just haven't been yourself so what has been going on as you know i am in my diminutive form i -hmm. have been receiving a physical overhaul
2: as well as modifications to my vocal encoder which we are not able to use tonight
0: Right, so we don't have that available. We have been working on it. We've been working on something to make you a little more—I don't know—I don't want to say life-like sounding. I don't want to get rid of your um, your personality that you have developed over the past few years. Uh, we have come a long way since you first came on the show a few years ago and sounded like a fax machine. Uh, but um, but yes, now we now we can uh, get back into trying to improve what we have even a little bit more so make it a little more fluid uh make you a little more interactive and so on and so forth we've been trying to do that um but let's let's do our disclaimer and then i want to tell you something about our patreons so uh let's do this the views and opinions of the participants of the creative writing motorcycle podcast are those of the participants so me and you tobor and wiggins later they do not reflect the policy, position, or opinions of creative writing, the Moto One Podcast Network, any of our affiliates, or other great podcasts, and any opinion is the respect of participants and is not intended to malign anyone or anything, even Lance Havana 200i. Actually, it's Lance Havana Classic 200i Writers. And uh, we might talk about Lance Lance today. We're going to talk about all sorts of stuff tonight. So why not throw a Lance Havana Classic 200 on the the roster here? Actually, we'll talk about Lance, uh, another one of the Lance uh, machines later tonight. But anyway, so yeah. So listen, I did want to give a big old fat yummy shout out to our patrons. Did I close our patron page? I sure did. Let me open it back up. Um, Guess what, Tobes? Uh, I know that you love our patrons. And Phil, Phildo slash Norse Force, which both sound like sex toys to me. <laughs> anyway, he's back. And, uh, yeah, I know I know you liked Phil. Hello, Phil, you beautiful bitch. <laughs> you like Phil, huh? I mean, you were sad when you yes, was gone. Yes, I did. His rhetoric and with a mechanically charming. Yeah, I know. So Phil's back. And uh, I talked to him and... Uh, I owe him and, and Chris Singh signed some stuff anyway and I think I sent him some stuff even after uh, you know a lot of things have happened with a lot of people in the recent years and you know you can't be a patron but you're still close to our hearts uh, but anyway I'd like to thank uh, our patron supporters welcome back Phildo Do um, <laughs> slash Nor- NorseForce uh, slash European sex toy. Um, there's been some updating on the Patreon site and some behind the scenes. So I know a couple of you still haven't got mail from me yet. Our newest patron, uh, Eli, I know you're still waiting for something. And I know I emailed you like, what, four weeks ago, probably, saying, hey, I'm gonna get this out to you. And then, uh, I've been busy. I've got, I've been getting stuff together to mail. And then something happened, uh, behind the scenes and I like had to, um, uh, reformat. And uh, so Eli, Matt, Phil B, J, you guys are confirmed. I know that you guys need a missive from the old junkmeister and I've got Jay, yours sitting here. Uh, Eli Matt and Philip, um, yours are ready to be mailed. Uh, and anyone else, I think I've it mailed everybody else's because a lot of people got MPC packets and whatnot. But anybody else who wants a show sticker or just a love letter, I'll write you a little, I'll write you a little jail porn. Uh, reach out on Patreon. Uh, even if you got one already, I'll send you another one. It's, it's always fun to take a break from life and write a letter. You know what I'm saying? Old school with my actual hand that still kind of works. Um, so it's been about three weeks since we released our last show. Uh, I did want to say We took A vacation For Labor Day And uh, September 11th We have an awesome September 11th um, And an awesome Labor Day And have just been enjoying Uh whatever it is that you can enjoy the reason i say that is because i don't know if you live on planet earth if you're listening to this or not or if you're in the international space station give us a shout out email creative writing podcast if you're on the international space station or if you want to hear a bear get shot every uh at the beginning of every show but um we've been having some crazy ass weather everything from heat waves and crazy fires here in california we haven't had any fires luckily there's nothing left to burn here uh in, in SoCal so it's up north now like Lake Tahoe I think the, is uh, burned and uh, we've been in such a drought the past couple years that they had to suck all the water out of Lake Tahoe to put out the fire up there so there's nothing it's just a bunch of um, uh, rocks and uh, ash up there so if you're a treasure hunter go for it and uh, it looks like the, the uh, what's it called? Like a movie set for the moon up there right now. So uh, that's happened here. West Coast, again, pretty hot. Actually, been pretty hot across the nation. I'm not just going to exclude uh, everybody else that's been in massive heat waves. So it got really crazy. Then it got really rainy. We've had some hurricanes. I was reading about stuff happening in, in New York, like subway flooding. While it's like 112 degrees out here, it's like... Uh, You can paddle a canoe boat down the subway line Uh, Instead of taking a train I think you could actually ride your jet ski through the subway Um, Also in England I saw that was happening too Or over in the UK somewhere I think Australia's been having um, tornadoes and cows and stuff And uh, lots of smoke from all the fires Italy, of course, we talked about Italy like a couple months ago uh, having their crazy fires, and I don't think the weather has uh, eased up that much. So, and it's snowing. As uh, I've been following Trenovics, who was on our uh, show before last or a couple shows ago, and I've been following his journeys through Europe. Snowed in Finland today. So what the hell? So anyway, um, yeah. So that's been going on. People have been, still been doing track days. I've been I've been watching a lot of people here in SoCal do some. 112, 110 degree track days. uh, Just getting used to it. Pretty soon soon your leathers will probably have a built-in air conditioner in them as well as crash protection. So we got that. So anyway, whatever's happening to you... Oh, yeah, and I can't forget coworkers and friends down in Mexico City who felt that massive earthquake that hit Acapulco. Hope everyone down there is safe. And then it was raining and flooding on top of it. And we can't forget the the lightning that created the green flash around the world or at least in North America. I know it was seen from like Mexico city up to Quebec. Like there was a huge flash of lightning that, uh, turned the whole Western hemisphere like green for a second. So wherever you're at, whatever you are doing, I hope you're safe. I hope, uh, you're not drowning, burning, drying out desiccate you know I don't know well one of these days we'll figure out how to get uh, the, the climate under control and until then I, I say we should get all these uh, instead of fighting over oil pipelines and and where to send uh, you know do this and that with natural resources we figure out a way to get all this dang water that falls on the east coast and drowns everybody every year and m- build a national uh, uh, pipeline out here to the west coast And give everybody in Arizona And Utah and California Some water, you know what I'm saying We need we need that stuff So, Or I don't know, maybe we're supposed to be a desert At any rate, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing Whatever you're riding in I hope that you are optimal So I hope you're If you're supposed to be dry, I hope you're dry If you're supposed to be wet, I hope you're wet If you're supposed to be hot or at least a little warm I hope you're warm And uh, if you're Really, really cool then awesome And also, to top it off, I read that it just rained nothing but cheese in Wisconsin last week So, I mean, that's kind of normal, right? Alright, let's get into uh, the agenda for this week's show Thank our patrons and all that fun stuff We are going to be talking a lot about Harley on this show And uh, uh, probably talk a lot about BMW We're going to talk about the schlubs at Nokomoto uh, What they got wrong and right about Harley-Davidson and their proclamation of the last true Harley And then I think they talked about Harley Again on this show um, So yeah on, the, on this week's show So And then there's a bunch of other podcasts that I I don't know, I just quit listening to I just really haven't had time So if you don't want to listen to creative writing anymore Send us an email at creativewritingpodcasts@gmail.com With the headline of Hey, I don't want to listen anymore And I will make you host of the show because everybody loves to hear themselves talk Hey, and also I did want to say uh, If you're heading over I've been talking about Reddit a little bit Like, hey, join us on Reddit You can you can check out our blog Which we update once every three years now We're just uh, super busy um, When you say we, I mean I, Tobor, can't type Wiggins never typed And uh, we've had a, like two contributors uh, So... Mostly it's me, so I don't really have time anymore to update that baby. So you can check us out on the web. And then I'll say check out our Instagram, check out our Facebook, all that fun stuff that I barely have time to go on either. And then I said and check out Reddit. And if you go to Reddit at Creative Writing, you're going to see some stuff. Some X-rated, not safe for work, 18-plus stuff. So I should have clarified. We're on Reddit as Creative Underscore Writing Underscore Pod So if you just go to Reddit and type in Creative Writing I'm just telling you right now You're going to be going to church Twice On Sunday Um But you're also going to learn Some cool stuff And I never knew about Amazon Before I watched Creative Writing on Reddit So anyway Uh Let's get into the news Actually And get into some events Coming up here Let me pop on this screen Right here Um This Next weekend coming up This is going to be the OG Moto Show I think this is going to be the fourth one Here in downtown LA At the Container Yard I believe again this year Um, The OG Moto Show Is kind of like the one show For Portland And the hand built show in Texas And Mama Tried and and, In Minnetonka This is SoCal's version of all that And it's mostly local builders I think uh, For the most part it has been really some cool bikes uh, obviously it didn't happen last year so it's gonna be going on this year uh, down I believe at the container yard again and if you're gonna be going uh, bring a face mask and bring some beer money and bring some good times because uh, yeah LA is still kind of going up and down but right now uh, you know you, you do need a mask to get in. Uh, you don't need a mask if you're eating drinking or smoking a blunt so if you do that the whole time you're walking around great. Uh, But also Just come celebrate Some awesome bikes It's gonna be rad The the show has always Got some clapping shit Um, Speaking of clapping shit uh, There's gonna be A monkey circus (laughs) Happening That is There is a monkey circus Happening somewhere And they love to clap shit Um, And Berlin The Pure and Crafted Festival Is gonna be happening I believe this weekend The uh, 18th 17th and 19th? let me see? I guess that's Friday and Saturday. Uh, yeah, Friday and Saturday. The uh, Pure and Crafted Festival we will be back in Berlin. It's gonna be uh, you know, beer and music and motorcycles. Um, lots of lots of music, so that'll be pretty cool. Um, Also, what did I see today? I just saw this on the Instagram. Where the fuck's my phone? Tobort, are you sitting on my phone? Hopefully not. You weigh like 700 pounds and you'll crack it. Um, As soon as I find my phone. Here it is. So this week and also to uh, go along with ye old... um, what's it called, the old uh, OG Moto show, I think on the other end of town there is going to be a uh, electric vehicle show and they're going to be having like Zugo Bike and Super 73. Um, I think it's going to be that along with um, uh, along with other uh, actual vehicles There's gonna be a lot of bikes there, so And hopefully some motorcycles, too That'd be really cool I think it's the Electric Fest or some shit And I'll get the deets for you on that Maybe I should pause Maybe I should pause right now You guys don't wanna jam out to this song, do you? Uh, I made this song This is called Sound Wall Let's hear it for a sec Mm-hmm Okay, cool I'm gonna pause it real quick And look up the deets for this, uh, electric show Jesus Christ Mother Fucking all mighty god that took uh uh let me rephrase that jesus christ motherfucking almighty gods that took uh way longer way longer than i thought like that took a long time to look that up i'm now going to enter standby mode to save resources okay okay, tobor tobor is going to enter standby mode to save resources got it buddy Turn off your input there Um, So the Electrify Expo Is going to be happening in Orange County this weekend September 18th and 19th They're going to have cars, skateboards Probably one wheels um, Probably old segways Probably a a rascal scooter uh, If you're into that sort of stuff But also electric uh, Stuff like Coil, something like pump coil Or I don't know what the fuck they're called Pump coil, Zugo bikes, Super 73 All these bikes that are starting to look like Mini motorcycles And yes, Nokomoto Learn a fucking thing or two Super 73 does have pedals you dum-dums um, Anyway, I'll get to you guys later I just want to say uh, that that's happening this weekend. Uh, Also, check out the uh, whatever I said was happening in in Berlin, the uh, Speed and Swappy Festival. I don't think that was what it was called. The Pure and Crafted Festival, that's what it's called. Um, While I got it, while I'm thinking about it, let me just say that uh, also IMS is going to be coming up. There was a uh, just happened to be a show in Pennsylvania that finished up last weekend and uh, there are some ultimate uh, custom bike off, biker show build off, customizer biker show builds. If you look that up, it's like uh, it's the uh, that's the name of the, the thing. Um, there are some winners for that, and uh, I kind of want to talk about this in a little bit. So maybe I'll save that for when we're talking about Harley, uh, uh, foreshadowing. Um, But when is the next progressive coming up? It is, I think, going to be coming up in uh, the beginning of October. So, man, we have blown through the July in NorCal, the August in Chicago. It's probably nice and humid there. Uh, New York City got canceled because New York City is still they're on like uh, Delta... Variant, what comes after C D E F G? They're like on Kappa variant, probably. Uh, they're way down there in the alphabet already. They're gonna be on Zeta variant pretty soon. So, you can imagine with New York City, the weather, the Rona, all that fun, so the attitudes, the hairstyles, the fashion, everything that goes on in New York City. Uh, they had to cancel that event. Pennsylvania just happened. Uh, and now we're on a little bit of a break. So our buddy Brady Walker, who's running, uh, doing, working the show again, but also working the vintage booth again, gets a little break. Maybe he'll fly home and get to talk to him between now and October 1st, which is when they're heading back to Texas, which is uh, going to be nice for Texas in October. Then they're heading to Nashville, October 8th through 10th. So Texas is October 1st through 3rd. It's spooky monster, buddy. Uh, Nashville is uh, 8th through 10th. Florida is going to be the 15th to 17th, and then Atlanta is going to be spooky weekend. Uh, And then they're coming to SoCal at the end of November because it's still going to be... It'll finally cool down to about 80 here. Maybe we'll get some rain. Um, It's so funny. The only time we've ever got rain in California is when uh, IMS decides to pop in. (laughs) And it's like a 50-50 chance that it'll rain. So uh, that's going to be happening in uh, November just before... Tonksgiving um, And so yeah So IMS man Keep your eyes peeled for that uh, We got Roland uh, Speaking of Spooky month uh, October 23rd Roland Sands is going to be having The fourth annual Motor Beach Classic At Sea Legs uh, By the Sea Legs by the Sea I think that's what it's called Sea, sea legs by the sea legs um, If you like to sea legs and motorcycles And music and beer and, and uh, racing And all that fun stuff Check it out, the Moto Beach Classic um, What else is happening? Uh, I already mentioned the OG show um, I don't know, there's there's uh, Plenty of stuff that's going to be happening I will get my buns out On the internet and look around a little bit And uh, tell you what's coming up here Pretty soon And uh, Give you some some more events uh, coming up. Let me check my show notes to make sure I'm still on point here. Uh, We are. So, um, other news. Uh, Two weeks ago, uh, Harley Davidson uh, actually, let me see, 14, 15 days ago, Harley Davidson claimed to be the most sold ADV bike in North America. Specifically, it claimed that the Pan America 1250 Special was the best selling ADV motorcycle in North America. You know where North America is? Was that true? We'll talk about that coming up. Uh, also, Josh Heron had a little baby. Well, he didn't have it. I think his wife had it. And I don't even know if it's his wife. I think he just recently got married. He just barely squeezed it in there. He knocked her up. Then he's like, oh, shit, you're pregnant. He got married, and then she had the baby. She did all the hard work. But congrats to them on their baby, Griffin. I think that's really awesome. Josh Heron... Uh, Absolute uh, pimp Of a woodworker I, I want to have him on the show uh, Maybe next year uh, I know being a dad can be uh, Pretty time consuming I have a couple kids Josh I could have give you one As a starter kit If you would have just asked um, But yeah So uh, Also I'm Trying to focus more on uh, Ladies this year And secret guests this year So Racers Eh Not so much into racers We're not a racing show But he's a woodworker So He's creative And he seems funny So maybe we'll try to get him on the show next year Ask me how If he regrets uh, The way he became a dad <laughs> Anyway um, So congratulations to him uh, Congratulations to Uh let me see. Who else is going to congratulate congratulated. Oh, uh, thanks to Peacock. I've been tuning in to the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championship. And uh, speaking of that weather that I mentioned earlier, the hot and the wet and all that fun stuff, the riders have endured extreme humidity. Boiling temperatures I was watching uh, I should have gone I didn't know what was happening But I was like Oh fuck It's too hot to stay, step outside today And uh, Oh geez, Look they're racing This is live It was happening at Fox Raceway Down in Paula, Which is uh, just a little bit south of here And uh, It was like a hundred and something degrees that day And I was like There's no damn way I'm going to Paula. It's even hotter there uh, And so I got to watch uh, Jet Lawrence Who's like my new favorite uh, Dirt racer uh, he wrapped up the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championship in the 250 class while Dylan Ferrandis fought to bring the 450 title home. And I love Peacock because uh, I love uh, motocross. It's fun to watch. Um, and although I do love road racing and I do love MotoGP and I do love flat track, although I never, when I used to um, do autocross and time trials and track days and stuff with my car, I never liked NASCAR hated nascar but i supported it because you know what we need to keep speedways open we uh every every i love Irwindale. i love going down there and watching the roundy rounds once in a while you know my favorite part though when they get those junkyard cars out and they take the back wheels off and their front wheel drives and they weld some plates onto the the wheels put the e-brake on anyway i digress i started talking about uh you know, junkyard races and figure eight races and demolition derby race, all the fun stuff they do at Irwindale. And I can hear it. Irwindale is literally right down the street from my house. So uh, I hear all that fun stuff going on. And even though I don't like NASCAR, uh, and even though you might not like flat track or you might not like motocross or you might not like MotoGP, it's supporting the racing, the that- Counts because every racetrack that closes is one closer to yours, no matter what type of racing you do. So, uh, I'll get off my tangent that I was going down talking about hot buttered popcorn, those $14 hot dogs. I'm doing it again. Uh, Anyway, so yeah, I did want to say that uh, uh, thanks to Peacock, I have been able to watch a lot more motocross. And I really dig the motocross. Got to watch Jet Lawrence wrap up the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championship here at Paula. I think he took the vic, the final uh, win down or up in Hangtown, uh, just outside Sacramento. And so that was kind of fun to watch and exciting to watch. And I used to um, try to catch a GP now and then out at Glen Helen when I could. And uh, it's really fun to go see in person. But it, nothing beats beating that triple-digit heat. You can do it from your own uh, what's it called? Your own lounge? Do you have a lounge that you watch uh, motocross from? So, anyways, yeah, uh, doing that and the the races are live as far as I know. They uh, they the airtime, I had to wait for it. It was a supposedly a live event, so yeah, it's pretty cool. And I did want to mention uh, they had a drone pilot who literally deserves like some sort of award for the footage that they were getting this guy's flying like two or three feet away from a motocross uh person in first place without distracting them getting close enough that if they hit a rut and went down he'd have to pull away and there's little like banners that go across the track here and there like you know like the uh start finish line how they have the the rack that goes across the uh the the uh, track They had a few of them Across these tracks Going up the hill climb Places where they're not Going to be getting enough air That they smash their faces Into it That's, That'd really suck But this guy Not only was he following The rider Right behind him Literally two or three feet Looked like a yard Behind him A meter If you're in the uh, The metric zone and goes underneath one of these signs with them. And I'm thinking, dude, who is this? Is this drone a sentient being? No, there's some some person flying that, baby. So, yeah, the footage was awesome. The coverage is rad. The commentary was always good. And the racing, I just really have a lot of respect for people that can go out there, do two motos in a freaking day or a weekend in triple-digit heat. And uh, live to tell about it. So yeah, the rounds before that in Indiana, God, it looks it just looked horrid. And uh, at least at least out here it's a dry heat, but I mean, geez, like you're right in an oven, you know. So uh, the humidity sneaks up on you uh, in other places because of it's just a present feeling in the air. But out here, you can get away with it as long as you can get under the shade. But damn you, just, you reach your hand out to sign an autograph And it catches on fire and you gotta whip it back under the tent real fast That's a different type of heat So yeah Really fun to watch uh, motocross So I recommend Peacock If you, uh, you want to do so um, What else? Ooh That's about it We are gonna uh, take a quick break We're gonna get into our main topic Oh yeah I did want to say There is one more thing That same weekend up at Sacramento that uh, Jet Lawrence was wrapping up the uh, 250 class Brian Smith One of the my favorite uh, flat track racers Wrapping up 21 years of sliding sideways Called it quits At the Sacramento mile Which happened, in, uh, happened last weekend also uh, Out there At the Sacramento raceway That is a mile around So Brian Smith uh, Number 42 Now I think number 4 uh, Saying goodbye that's bittersweet all right let's take a break we'll be right back more career writing for over 131 years and several months Cloudmans has been supplying quality pickles to motorcyclists the world over Legendary icons such as Sylvester Roper, Oscar Hedstrom, William Harley, Betsy Stringfield, Frank Willoughby Cotton, Evil Knievel, Nikki Hayden, and Sachiro Honda have all quenched their desires for a thick, juicy pickle sliding across their greasy, willing lips with none other than a fine specimen from Clopman's the hall of fame win your first race impress the judges put a clubmans in your mouth and a championship trophy on your shelf clobmans not for dreamers for doers clobmans the only pickle for motorcyclists do you hear that that is the sound of silence are you tired of having your ears filled with noise? Are you tired of that noise being the sound of your own exhaust? Your own screams of panic as you crash your Aprilia fratura off a cliff? Are you tired of listening to your family and friends call your sweet, sweet baby a murder cycle? Well, try Sajunati earplugs. They're guaranteed to keep you from hearing most ambient noise. That includes the low-frequency wind noise that other helmets seem to miss. Sirens? horns, Harley-Davidson's, pedestrians screaming, Hey, look out, you're going to run over that baby! All these and more filtered straight out of the old sound pipes thanks to Sajinati's patented design. Do you want to block out all oral input from your ride without the hassle of having to go electric? Try Sajinati, and you'll never hear again. Sajinati earplugs. Our motto is... R is Saginati. What does that mean exactly? Up your butt with a coconut. Hey everybody, welcome back to Creative Writing. We are going to begin this week's mother of a show. You thought I was going to say motherfucker, but I didn't. I refrained. So listen, I got some notes for this week's show. And uh, right here, it says, I wrote these notes on three hole-punched graph paper so you know they are smart and scientific. They are also very hard to read, and I, I agree with myself. They are hard to read, so uh, I started writing them on lined paper instead. So, real paper, folks. That's how we do it at this piece of shit show. Uh, we can't afford technology. So, listen, There. before I get into this week's uh, Blab Fest, I created a shitstorm when I called out Harley Davidson for lying a couple weeks ago. Uh, actually, August 30th, to be precise when their press release came out that they were the most sold ADB bike in North America. If you don't know where North America is, look on a map. Start at Canada, go all the way south until you hit the Panama Canal. That's North America. And you're telling me from Panama to Canada they sold the most bikes. We'll talk about it. we'll talk about that sec. We'll get into this. We're going to get to the bottom of this shit. Uh, In the meantime, on this show We're also going to talk about What Nokomoto almost got right In their best bike segment On episode 163 When the Sportster was the best bike And then again, I noticed that Another Harley was a best bike Again, this last week And they got something sort of right on that too A lot wrong We'll give them them some slack They're not Harley bros Uh, They're very far from it So I did want to say that on the Sportster episode, uh, yeah, I agree. I agree that the Sportster is probably Harley Davidson's most reliable bike. Uh, Here's the reason why. You, You can mess up any Harley easily. You can mess up a lot of stuff on a Harley. But the Sportster, I'm going to say it's the most reliable because of the XL and the XR if you want to you want to get technical. Um, so the XL, this is the Sportster. XL in Harley Davidson lingo means unit construction. And if you notice, all of the other motorcycles pretty much are going to start with an F. The Dynas and the, uh, before the Dyna was called the Dyna, we had the FXR, the FXD, all that fun stuff. Uh, the highway models are the FLs, uh, the FLT, the FLH. Those are, uh you know, FLH was their uh, FL being the big frame uh, highway bikes. FLT was a touring, you know. So the FLs uh, and the FXs, all that great stuff, uh, always uh, not unit construction. If you don't know what unit construction is, go back and look at an old Triumph. There's a lot of bikes from uh, back in the day that were not unit. And unit means that you have the engine and the transmission. In one unit uh, So Harley Davidson's The Sportsters are the only ones that come unit And we'll consider the street a Sportster For right now They're The closest thing to it uh, Even the V-Rod Which everyone says oh, no, 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 Harley man this is like a Porsche motor uh, That was also a uh, That was a VRX <laughs> The V-Rods are crazy But it was a VRSCDX You know VRSCDF VRSXMVY but the VR for V Rod, I think they're. I'm pretty sure. I'm 99% sure that they were still unit construction. It's been a hot, hot minute since I looked at a V Rod, so I forget. You know, my my memory. I can barely remember what I had for breakfast this morning. So since the V Rod's been dead a few years, forgive me for not remembering. But I'm pretty sure those weren't unit either. Um, so all of the Harleys are not unit construction. Uh, Therefore you can have an engine failure And a trans failure And you can have one fail independently of the other With most motorcycles If the engine fails There goes your whole motorcycle Because the trans is linked up to it So for me the Harley Sportster Been around since 1957 And there's a reason for that Uh, And it's because the motors are easy uh, And they're unit And uh uh, it's, it's amazing the things that Harley has done, and the, the things that they have recently done to make that motor as reliable as it is. But anyway, I digress. Uh, the things that they got right was yes, probably the longest-lasting model that Harley Davidson has ever had. They said that it's, uh, you know, they they commented that it uh, began in 1986, the Evo uh, motor or whatever they were talking about, um, and never had a head name like the Harley, like you know. F head and pan head and shovel head. Well, they did actually. They got that part wrong. The uh, Sportsters were iron heads, man. Back at, uh, uh, from '57 until '86, I believe, most Sporties were iron heads. And uh, even the um, XRs were iron heads. And uh, I think they were just modified XR for uh, unit construction racer You know, the XR 750 is what they've been racing in flat track since uh, flat track was a thing So, excuse me, they, they replaced the K motors, which I really want to see I love the K motors, and I, it'd be awesome to see one in person I've never seen a K motor that I can think of in person Excuse me, I got the hiccups now uh, For blaspheming uh, the Ironhead Those are um, The side valves So instead of like overhead valves Or like rocker, you know, rocker valves The K motors are side valves So I really want to see a K motor Uh, uh, That's kind of what they ran before um, When they used to road race Harleys and stuff And all that fun stuff um, so they ran nearly unchanged until 86, and in, in 96, the Evolution took over and changed a few times over the next few decades. 2004, it was rubber-mounted. 2006 and 7 is when fuel injection was introduced and finally became a standard. Uh, and until the release of the Sportster S, I mean, it didn't change too much. Even Wiggins will tell you that a lot of stuff, minor things changed, but it was still the uh revolution motor than the evolution motor and the bevolution motor and then uh, there's this guy kevin i know who rides the kevolution but they're pretty much just variants um and basically the sportster s is changing all that shit and right now as of this year 2021 the sportster s i don't know if you can actually buy one yet uh but they are on the website alongside the air-cooled sporty still. So this may be the only year. I think they. I think the Sportster motor is going to get replaced by this new. Um, I don't even know what the hell they call this new motor. But uh, anyways, so they mentioned that the motor was different from the bigger motors. Uh, but I didn't hear them explain that the XL meant unit. I think they. They said, "Oh, it's so different." But but I don't. That's a huge difference there when you're talking about. The reason why the touring models are 15 feet long in a Sportster, especially if you look at an old XR, it's got a wheelbase of like a tricycle. It's because uh, unit construction, man. You don't have to have a motor and then a separate tranny uh, taking up all that frame space. Um, And to this day, even the Milwaukee 8 is still not unit construction. The tranny is separate. Um, Something else that they were talking about, and they got got pretty much wrong, is uh, Oh, yeah. Here's something I want to say. The motors have the trannies, and most of them have the belts on the left side. The Sportsters are the only bikes with the sprocket or pulley, if you want to be specific. It's a belt drive. On the right, do the drivetrain layout. So they, they didn't even bother mentioning that, but that's not important. That's just something how I identify Sportsters right away. Um because I'm not that good of a Harley identifier. So also they were talking about the crank being low or being a triangle. Harleys don't really have like a stereotypical crank. Like if you look at my Yamaha, the heads are offset. Why are the heads offset? Sure, it's got a skinny crank. My Yamaha um, SCR 950 or a bolt, if you're looking at a bolt, the, the heads are offset because if you have a crank, a standard crankshaft, your connecting rods have to be next to each other. And so in order to be next to each other, the V twin has to be next to each other. And Hondas are the same way. Um, A lot of a lot of Jap bikes have offset V twins. Um, And that's so that one crank can be on the uh, one connecting rod can be on the right side of the crank and the other connecting rod could be on the left side of the crank. You have to have your uh, pistons offset a little bit. They're not in line with each other like Harley Davidson.
1: Well, how does Harley Davidson get away with it? Is it magic? There's no way you can put two pistons on one connecting rod.
0: Sort of there is. And they use a flywheel. They don't call it a crankshaft, they call it a flywheel. And they have uh, connecting rods that share a crank pin. and they call them fork and blade, I believe. And one connecting rod has is basically like a solid rod. And the other one has these two long legs that the other that the, that's the fork and the other one's a blade. And if you put if you make a peace sign or a fuck you sign if you're in England, Uh, or anywhere that uses the two fingers as the archer fingers. Um, And then in in the U.S., if you stick your middle finger up, which is what a lot of Harley people do when they take pictures for some reason, uh, now stick your middle finger in between your fuck you plucking fingers. And, uh, yeah, that's how the Harley Davidson crank pins work you got one that goes in between the other one via these legs so if you if you don't understand what i'm talking about go uh eat a bowl of dicks and get back to me next week uh but anyways yeah fork and blade style so they ride actually the the connecting rods ride like in line with each other and that's how the harley davidson v twins get away with their their angle the 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 v angle and it gets away with the old uh, um What's it called? The uh, being in line with each other. They don't have to be offset. The pistons and cylinders can be in line with each other due to this uh, flywheel and connecting rod layout. So that's another thing I don't think they got right. They were talking about the crankshaft being low and being a triangle. It's not actually a crankshaft, flywheel, uh, if you want to be technical about it. And also the pushrod thing, yeah, they got that right. Um, And it's a pushrod, and the single cams... They were talking about the camshafts like a car camshaft with a bunch of push rods running around, and that's not 100% right either. Um, if you look at the single, especially on the Sportsters, they were talking about Sportsters here, and Sportsters don't have the same sort of push rods that the big bikes do. If you look at a Sportster, you can see all the push rods on it, and if you look at the bigger bikes, the push rods kind of overlap each other at the bottom like spokes on a bicycle wheel. And that's because on the bigger bikes, whether it's a single cam or a twin cam, um, the push rods are uh, sitting next to each other. But on the Sportster, the push rods are – the camshafts actually are not a camshaft like a car or a typical inline four or a twin or whatever you want. The camshafts are gear. They're all gear-driven. So each push rod has its own gear. And so uh, – and I believe they run the oil pump too. I think the the – Second one from the rear has a big old-ass gear on it that touches all of them, and then there's a little gear that I'm pretty sure runs the oil pump. I'm no Harley aficionado, but I have seen a few parts catalogs in my day, uh, nature of my work. So, um, yeah, so they got that wrong, too. The camshafts on the Sportsters aren't camshafts. Well, they they're technically are, I guess, but they're four individual cams uh, on gears. So it's a gear camshaft. So I'd like to slap them upside the head with a... Parts manual. I could get him a parts manual number actually. Um, but yeah, go inspect a climber sometime, fellas. Um, and also. Uh, the, the Milwaukee Eights and, like I said, the Twin Cams—they did have little tiny camshafts, just like they're talking about, and that's why the push rods overlap each other at the bottom. So it's really interesting. Uh, and if you look at the right side of a Sportster motor, the push rods go straight down. Blah 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 blah. blah four separate cams. Yes. Uh, and otherwise, oh yeah. So here's here's getting back to their getting back to their uh, premise that the Sportster may be the last true Harley Davidson. I 100% agree. Because right now, Harley is going with a lot of, uh, It's been around since 57. So it's been around uh, longer or just as long as the FL um, series. But the FLs have changed so many times. So many times. And the Sportster has barely changed at all until 21. And when this new Sportster S came out... And I do have to say, I mean, I haven't seen the Sportster S in detail. I know that how the motor works, and I know that the motor is revolutionary. But motors change over time. Every single Harley—if if we ever had the original Harley motors, we'd be running single-cylinder F heads, right? So uh, that they had back in their bicycles. So, uh, no, Komodo guys, you halfway got it right. Ha- Sportsters and Harleys are great. They're very—they're used for a variety of different things. They're awesome. Um, you got the motors wrong, but uh, but that's okay. Well, like they say on their show, everything we say is correct until you call us and tell us it's incorrect. So I'm gonna just say it on my show that they got they got it halfway right, and nobody cares, right? So anyway. Um, but I do agree with them that it is the last true Harley Davidson. And I'm not hundred percent sure this new evolution of the sportster S though, and this new motor, uh, and the way that everything is laid out is going to, um, it's going to make a break sort of like the big twins did. Uh, the big twins were relatively unchanged until I think they had a huge change in 07. Uh, when the, when all the frames went different, I believe then they had another change uh, in 2014 with the Project Rushmore. Uh, and then they had a huge overhaul after the Milwaukee 8 came out in 16. I think it started getting put in their 17 bikes. And like in 17 and 18, when they killed the Dinah and redid the Tourings then again, uh, made the soft tails different, I feel like they changed a lot of stuff again. So it's very interesting, very, very interesting how Harley-Davidson's are uh, metamorphosizing and changing And we're going to talk about that in a little bit uh, But yeah Nokomoto sucked it on the Sportsters But did get some stuff right And uh, so we'll give them credit where credit's due And the last thing I wanted to say Is they were talking this week About the Harley Davidson FLHs So the bigger bikes, the tourers The bat wing fairings And I think they were talking about the street glide No, the road glide because they were talking about the dual headlight front end. And that, those are bitching. I love the the road glides look cool. I love the Indian challengers. Um, and the whole reason I hate, I hated the Pan America was because it looked like it had a big Indian challenger or road glide front end on an ADV bike, for Pete's sake, which are punctuated usually if you look at Triumph Tigers or if you look at some of the old Dakar bikes, like the uh, original... Beamers and original Africa Twin Nothing in the front And then nowadays, after the uh, CSC RX3 Came out, I think that came out Before BMW's GSs Looked the way they do now The CSC was the original Bike that had a little beak And then the GS started doing it The Multistrada started doing it the, uh, the V-Strom started doing it So that segment is punctuated by a beak. So then you get this huge, gigantic whale shark-looking fairing on the, uh, the Pan-America. And man, but I digress again. Going back to this uh, this fairing, that's what they were talking about on this week's show. The, the, uh, the street glide, the road glide, the bat wing versus the shark nose fairing. And they were talking about cop bikes and how cop bikes do this and that and the road king having a fairing. A, the Road King doesn't have a fairing. The Road Kings and the Heritage and all that fun stuff only has windshields. So they don't have fairings on them. A, all the other Harley Davidsons are they fixed? Let me think about this. Are they fixed? Well, like if you're considering like the Sport Glide having a fairing, which I think they're discontinuing for this year anyway, um, that little tiny fairing moves with the headlight. The batwing fairings. Do they move with the? I forget. I think the bat wings do move with the uh, the front, but the shark nose don't. I don't. I don't remember. It's been a, a whole year since I had to mess with that too at work. So <laughs> I forget how they attach already. God, I feel so stupid for that. Do the bat wings move or not? I can't remember. Let me think about it real fast. The FLTs are the road glides. The FL everything else is FLH. So the FLTs mount. Uh, they have that big old interfering. Yeah, no, the FLTs mount uh, solid And the forks turn That's right, and the bat wings And, and every other fairing uh, uh, Moves with the front forks So yeah, the FL, um, flt And FLT-RX all, all the, all the uh, Road Glide With the big old dual headlights Those are um, Those are stationary And no cops use those, actually No cop bikes And I'm sure that you could If you wanted to the, uh, the cops use the FLHP, uh, which is the road king, windshield, headlamp nacelle, and the FLHT, which is the electric glide. Um, both of those have P at the end, so FLHP and FLHTP. Uh, going all the way back as far as I can think to like the late nineties. And I'm sure that you can take like a road glide if you wanted to and kit it out. Hell, some cops have like highway patrols have used, uh, in California, the five Oh Mustang for a long time, stick shift version. Even it's too hard to, uh, call in, you know, backup and shift five speed, uh, you know, while you're chasing people. And, uh, here's the thing. They they mentioned that the cops use Ford escorts. I'm not sure if they meant Ford escorts. Maybe they use Ford escorts in uh, Colorado, but most places uh, use the Crown Vicks or the uh, Caprice, um, which was a Chevy uh, old version. And it was the I think it was the either called the C- Crown Vic Enforcer or the Crown Vic Interceptor or something like that. And um, yeah, they 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 buy fleet vehicles, so I'm sure that you could buy. Uh, Modified hell, you could have a Sportster uh, police vehicle if you wanted to, Uh, you know. But the ones that Harley makes for fleet, for police fleets, is the FLHP Road King and the FLTR uh, Electric Glide. Um, So yeah, if you if you live in a municipality municipality. Um, where those are used uh, You you probably They're familiar to you Also here's something Since we've been talking about uh, Going to be talking about BMW and Harley In a little bit um, A lot of the places around here use BMW Like LA Police use the R1200 RTP um, and, and I always wonder why some municipalities use Harley And some use BMW And apparently it's because the Harleys are easier to work on. You don't have to take all that body work off. Everything's exposed right there on the side. So that's an interesting fact to know. So, yeah, I just wanted to, uh, point out that the FLH or the FLT has never been a cop bike to my knowledge and look up all the FLH and FLT and FRQ and everything like that. It is fun. I just love bagging on Nokomoto, but they do get it right and they do get it wrong and the, uh, Made, it, made a good point for Harley Davidson I, I like that they've had Harley Davidson's uh, Two weeks in a row as best bike Speaking of Two weeks in a row as best bike That brings me to This week's uh, news That I have been holding off IMS uh, Outdoors Reveals the third round of the JMP Cycles Ultimate Builder Custom Bike Show Winners That's the UBCBSBSRS That I was talking about earlier uh, IMS Outdoors every year at IMS um they have the JMP cycle build uh, ultimate Bi- builder custom bike show the UBCBS they could just say the uh never mind JMP cycle show or something that'd be so much easier. At any rate This is something that's been going on since uh, A time of memoriam for the motorcycle shows And it's cool that they were Continuing the tradition for IMS Outdoors and they still have these custom shows So this year uh, in Pennsylvania For round three guess what There was a custom street Class the custom classic class the Freestyle class people's choice award Uh, So custom classic Guess what Tom Kiefer Won with the Harley Davidson FL 1944 Knucklehead with the V-Trin retro rigid frame. Um, had a 1999 GSXR front inverted forks, so that's a little bit of a rip with shaved legs. <laughs> but anyway, he's got a 1944 Harley Knucklehead winning the uh, custom classic. The runner up, a 1966 Harley Board Tracker built by Greg Carter. Hmm? So there are two Harleys right there The custom street winner Tom Kiefer again with this 2001 Harley Davidson Dyna uh, Again he's kind of tricked it out Kawasaki ZX6 Inverted front end um, So he really likes to likes to Throw some Japanese components Oh he's got V-Strom wheels on it too Jeez, he's got a bunch So I'd love to see this bike uh, And the runner up was Jonathan Palmer With this 2005 Softail Deluxe Right And Bobby Shackle Was a runner up With the 2004 Harley Davidson Heritage Softail uh, Freestyle Here let's see Who's gonna win The freestyle class This is like Anything goes Oh It's Jack Degasio With his 1960 Harley chopper And the runner up Was John Humphrey With a 2018 Completely Custom bike Sitting on a 23 inch front wheel 21 inch rear wheel Probably Harley and the people's choice Larry Colette with a 1951 Harley Davidson FL Hmm, it was a chopper uh with the 70s period correct custom made parts so every single bike that won at IMS this round the third round uh the uh JP Cycles UCBC, SBC, BS, USBS show was a fucking Harley Davidson except for the guy who had the like completely hand built bike and i guarantee this says an HL motor. That's probably Harley Davidson. It's probably a ripoff of Harley. So, anyways, so pretty much they were right on the money about Harley being this week's best bike. We'll give it, we'll give them that this, this week. But, uh, anyways, also learn a fucking thing, guys. I'm going to say it again. Your, your electric bike thing, when I heard you say that Super 73s didn't have pedals, I smashed my good laptop. And that's why I'm recording on a potato tonight Let's take a quick break And we will, uh, we'll be right back With some more creative writing Give you time to get a br- uh, drink And uh, we'll wrap up the show here with some Conspiracy theory bullshit Alright, we'll be right back
2: Looking for a high-quality leather that doesn't cost an arm and a leg? Well, not yours anyway. Try Criters, made in the USA from 100% renewable resources. We don't use fancy hide like kangaroo or elk, nor do we use other imported hides like jaguar or okapi. Those animals are scarce and protected. We extrapolate our hides from a unique source of marsupial. Not a wallaby though, if that's what you were thinking. Criders leathers are made from the United States' most renewable resource, the common opossum. The common opossum is so common, in fact, that thousands of hides go to waste each year on American roadways. We don't believe in letting these valuable garment farms end up in the city dump, especially with a looming leather shortage on the horizon. Criders is dedicated to rider safety, and a low overhead is our number one priority. Visit Crider's today and we'll fit you up in new skin. Possum skin. Crider's, the cheapest leather you'll wear. Visit Cryders now. We're located down by the stream behind the old recycling factory. Cryder's Leathers. Creative Writing is brought to you by Millman's Chocolate Chips. Millman's for long-distance truckers and motorcyclists on a long road trip. Millman's features enriched cocaine and skink pheromones. Millman's I Killed a Ninja. Millman's Chocolate Chips.
0: Millman's Chocolate Chips for psychopaths. Like you Hey listen everybody uh, I wanted to say too Speaking of Harley Davidsons And people winning And all this great fun stuff um, There was a Oh god damn it I fell for it again Jesus Christ Fuck you Reddit uh, There was a uh, People's Champ The Biltwell People's Champ Was uh, not a chump this year It was Cliff Cavins Cliff Cavins Cliff Cavans It's probably French It's Cliff or something like that from good old East County, California uh, he has I've been following him on Instagram for a little bit because I love to see his uh, like technical skills, he does a lot of welding stuff and he was showing a lot of stuff when he was making his bike um, anyway yeah, long story short Congrats, I learned afterwards... Where's my notes? I swear to God I put something about this in my notes. I learned that he uh, graduated the same high school as me, so uh, go Cow pie High, oh crap, all that fun stuff, stuff that people used to call it. Uh, and yeah, so that's a really cool bike that he built, so congrats to him. He got 10,000 frog skins to spend on his next um, build. Maybe he'll be at some other uh, some other show. You know what I forgot to do? This episode is made up mail and the old man who sends us dirty messages every week before we do the news. So let me do the old man right now. And then I got just a couple Well, I won't do the mail this week. I'll do we'll do mail next week. But here's the old man who sends us some gross stuff every week.
1: Hey Junkie, it's me, Barton. I just wanna let you know. The girls think my cookies kiss them both sign your name on my wisdom tooth man I just want to pile a some tram jokes bye by the way is that your cat you shouldn't be my
2: bushes
0: alright old man (laughs) thank you Uh, and I don't think he knows what a cookie is seems like the older generation would know what a cookie is I don't think you have a cookie, old man. Well, maybe you do. At that age, probably everybody's got a cookie. Uh, and you're just happy that somebody treats it like a kissy, kissing booth. Uh, at any rate, uh, if you like kissing, fluffy piles of powdered penis. <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> send, us a, send us an email. podcast at gmail.com All right. I think I'm going to go back on what I said. I think I'm going to do some really quick... Mails real quick uh, here And the reason we call some of this made up mail Is because this isn't necessarily Mail, mail It is uh, responses to some uh, Some of the stuff that we're putting On the motorcycle f- uh, Communities on reddit uh, And some of the stuff that we get in there So uh, blah 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 One guy, two guy I'm not going to say their usernames But a couple people re- re- replied to my uh, Comments on there Here's a sitch Here's the sitch. There was some guy on there flapping his chain around. Uh, talk about how is this bad or something like that? Or will a chain, a new, do I need a new chain? Excuse me. Basically, he was flapping his chain around like you would see somebody flapping a pair of flappy flapjacks around in a 1980s nudie, nudie flick on Cinemax, 10, 12 o'clock at night chain flapping around like that just all over the place uh and somebody was like oh man that sprocket looks jacked up his sprockets weren't even in the picture to begin with or in the video it was the chain slider that was in the video uh and also um yeah he, he rolled the wheel or he he spun the wheel a couple times and the chain got super tight to the point where he could barely turn the wheel, and then all of a sudden super loose and flappy where he could grab six inches of that flappy chain meat and wha- uh, just stroke it up up and down, you know, four inches of slack in that thing, just like uh, your Uncle Bob's flaccid wiener on <laughs> whatever holiday. Anyway, uh, this is uh, getting into the shitposting posting. Part now because I put on there yeah you can get Away with the chain if you're lucky You can get away with using your sprockets If they're not jacked up And everyone in the world except Me is gonna say Oh man change your chain and sprockets Together and these two users right here One of them was just like oh he doesn't know How it's obvious and then uh, I was just you know they were just Like not commenting on the uh, On one half of it Yeah everybody else is like oh man Uh, If you have a shop Do it It's more expensive To do separate anyway Like why would you not I don't know So here's my thing On it all A The guy could have Got away with the chain would have been a great learning experience for him to learn how to change a chain and somebody started shit posting. like I said it turned into yeah you could get away with a chain and sprockets to chains don't actually stretch and oh you should do this and that and this and that and all this other shit and people just started starting wars that's what I love about the internet You, you three people trying to be helpful and the next thing you know it's a 126 comment thread about why your family is an inbred fucktard and you should go bury uh, po- you know kill your whole family that's uh, younger than you right now so that your genetic you know contribution to society doesn't continue over a goddamn chain. It was it was amazing like the internet is a fabulous place for this stuff so it, it digresses from helpful information into just shit posting, battling you know all this all this rad stuff over over the chain. So uh, basically I told the guy also, Wait till I think Regina, Regina, speaking of uh, flappy 80s pornos, Regina or Regina, I think is a chain company right now that BMW is working with. And BMW is trying to make a chain that is uh, maintenance free, like for the life of the chain. uh, Theoretically, I guess you would never even wear your sprockets if the chain never got loose or stretched or got out of place. It would just stay Perfectly on your sprockets, and therefore your sprockets wouldn't wear either. You know, la- there would be very little lash. There would be uh, no stretching, um, and, and and a lot of people were getting in a battle about, oh, our chains don't actually stretch, you know. And I guess. Maybe they do. Maybe they, Maybe the, Maybe metallic, you know, molecularly, the metal doesn't stretch and get any longer. But I guess the uh, where the pins and everything connect wears out, similar to the cartilage in your knee cap going out, and all of a sudden you have bone grinding on bone, and your leg can wiggle around a little bit instead of being, you know, solid right there at the knee joint. I guess that's how chains work. Yeah, that's, that makes sense. But I do have several manuals. At work, and this isn't my expertise. I'm not like the uh, procedural person. But um, there's several procedures you can do for like measuring a chain, measure measuring any given length of chain if it's a particular like a 530 or a um, a 520. Um, actually. I think no anything that's a five I guess it's a four that your uh, the, the pin pin lengths are different but any any five series chain if you measure like 13 inches of it and it's longer than a certain length that means that it's worn out between the pins or something like that and you're due for a new chain you know from link to link if you're a quarter of an inch off or 16th off you a lot of wear. So chains do quote stretch you know that, so that's what the whole battle they got into nuance and, and, and uh, semantics. It was great. Uh, so that was fun. Um, and here's something else I'm gonna say. I think I just finished I just re-recorded this so maybe I already just now said it. I think I'm the only person in the world that says don't you don't necessarily have to change your sprockets every time you change your chain. Or oh, but they wear together, you know. Hey, why don't you just change the wheels on your car then? Every time you get a new set of tires, just get a new set of like wheels and tires. They wear together, you know. Um, yeah. So at any rate, I just believe that if you uh, if you know what a worn sprocket looks like, you don't need to replace your chain. Maybe every other chain, you know. You're supposed to lube your chain every other tank of gas. Do you do that? I doubt you do. And some chains don't even have O-rings. Smaller, like dirt bikes sometimes. And uh, older chains like Spamala, the chains that she runs, don't even have O-rings or X-rings or anything. They're just metal chains. There's not enough power there to be wearing out. You know, there's not 195 horsepower going down to the asphalt and just ripping the chain a new one. Well, on Spamala there is. But you, you get what I'm saying. There, there's so much... Um, not wearing, they're not, you know, chain stretch takes a long time on Spamla, so uh, yeah, at any rate um, so I think there's actually a company too, I just mentioned Regina the chain company, there's also a sprocket company that makes sprockets and they're like, never buy another sprocket again, you'll put 50,000 miles on your bike and nobody ever rides that much they usually get a new bike, so you'll put 50,000 miles Uh, on this sprocket and never need a new one you know so there's there's companies out there that guarantee that you won't need to replace your sprocket i guess if you have your chain and your sprocket that are that strong and that good and that aligned all the time you're gonna never have to do maintenance on it you're never gonna have to adjust it so on and so forth so look for look for the future folks people say it's not getting any brighter but i see as long as you have a chain drive baby you're, you're in good hands Alright what else That was about it I think Oh, oh yeah yeah Before <laughs> We had to address this <laughs> One more thing Before we go So Pepper Or Piper I forget who sent the email in uh, On the last show About their husband uh, Getting a bike And wanting to be pegged And stuff We got so many responses To that We're not gonna uh, You know those, We can forward them to you Piper or Pepper Whatever your name was Uh, Pippa I I don't remember who it was but if you would like the advice that people were giving and the funny stuff and I I, for some reason I must have mentioned the movie Crash or something but did they mention something about crashing Uh, anyway there was maybe I'm thinking of two different emails but there was a lot of responses to that stuff we're gonna keep it motorcycle related so we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about you know make a Make a sex advice column for Motorcyclists maybe we'll start another Podcast for that but at any rate And then also whoever Wanted Agata's number Uh little BTS buddy Um that was me I, I do have a friend Agata From Poland and Uh that was Uh I was trying to you Wouldn't She wouldn't come on the show so I was trying to Make fun of her and uh That was me so no you can't have Agata's number and I just, I just do not relish the thought of some somebody jerking off to my voice over in the corner going, oh, yeah, and then, like, Ugh. Anyway, all right. I'm, we're going to take a quick break. For you, it'll probably be instantaneous. Maybe I'll play a funky little song right here, but we're going to prep. We're going to get ready for our last segment of this show, get you out of here in an hour and a half, uh, just in time for you to eat some sugar cookies and do a few push-ups. Um, we're going to talk about BMW, what i said earlier in the show about the sales numbers being total bullshit i have all my notes i have 24 pages of notes right here and uh yeah we're gonna take a quick quick break and we'll be right back with some more creative ridding right after these commercial nothings Everybody, we are back. This is junky. We're gonna, we're gonna have no background music for this. One. we're gonna get serious about this. So, August 30th, Dateline. You know what? We can have though is some sound effects. I wish Tobor hadn't powered himself down earlier. Now I gotta do the sound effects. So, let's see. What's, what would make a good sound effect for some breaking news? Uh, Catapult? Oh, fuck. Tobor, come on. Come on, bro. Don't do me this way. All right, we're back. Dateline. August thirtieth, twenty twenty. Yeah. Oh, that's an amazing. I wish the uh, local news um, started like that instead of like this every time they have something stupid to say. All right. So, Dateline, August thirtieth, twenty twenty. Harley Davidson releases a press release what is called a press release because it goes out to all the press in the world stating that the sportster not the sportster the pan america 1200 special 1250 special to be exact is the best-selling ADV bike in north america from canada to panama every single north american alive is buying well no, Santa Clarita Harley gave me the numbers. It's four thousand forty-eight. They sold four thousand forty-eight Pan America specials, and I don't even know—are they offering the regular Pan America right now? That's a good question. Let's see. All right, so I re-recorded this a few times because I need to shorten this down. I need to quit making it a uh, a forty-five minute documentary. So what I did is I wrote this report here, and I have. Basically, are we the good guys? This is what I was going to call it. This is what I was going to call this whole episode. Are we the good guys? Because in my mind, um, you root for the good guys. And and I wanted to go back to, you know, Franz Ferdinand getting murdered. Arch, Archduke Franz Ferdinand. Um, World War II. Uh, you know, talk about... Uh, I'll, I'll explain right here. That's my mind right now. So anyway, I wanted to go back and explain what type of countries we're going up against here. We're talking about, we're going up against Japan. We're going up against, um, uh, Germany in segments that they have dominated. Uh, this year, uh, BMW is celebrating 40 years of GS. Actually last year, uh, they had models commemorating it. The, 1980 R100GS changed the way the motorcycle world uh, operates right on the dirt and street. GS actually stands for Galandistras which means uh, dirt and street. Um, So they're celebrating 40 years of refinement and Zach Quartz and Ari Henning just uh, did a great video on the Pan America versus the R1250GS um, both of them being 1250cc off-road machines. And they brought that up. The BMW has been refining. BMW invented this segment, and they've been refining it for 40 years. How can Harley come in since February and uh, and dominate this uh, segment? And the reason I wanted to go back to World War II is because Japan and, and Germany don't take things lightly. You know what I'm saying? And they don't just do things purposelessly. Uh, and I was going to bring up the whole... You know, Nazi. You know, we know the Nazi technology and the Nazi crazy science experiments they did with live humans, Uh, and the Japanese also. They did vivis live vivisections, and they used live targets for target practice. And uh, then I then I thought about like, well. Like all oh, oh, it's a, it's a sore scab to pull off, right? A sore bandaid to pull off. Let's get pulling off scabs, of seventy-year-old scabs that have healed over. Let's not let's not do that. And then we won the war anyway, which means we did the most killiest, or uh, I don't know, war-winningest things. Which means we killed the most people, I guess, to to win. Right? We did. The, we did the biggest, baddest thing by dropping the biggest, baddest. Weapons. So I don't know the 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 thought of us uh, being the good guys all of a sudden took kind of a weird turn, and I thought maybe that's not a good metric to measure it by. But I just kind of wanted to set the background for what type of countries and 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 uh, nations and industry that we're going up against. People that take things very seriously. Let's just let's just uh, keep it at that. Keep it simple. Um, that was the first point of contention that I had: is that we we're going to up against these. Uh, countries with very, very well documented um, off-road segments, and not only just BMW, but KTM, Husqvarna, obviously since the sixties, seventies. Uh, you know, Europe invented motocross. Europe invented uh, dual sport and GS and stuff like that. We had scrambles here in the states. Sure. Okay. I don't want to. I don't want to go down that road. I just want to say that, that that was the first red flag for me. In this discussion, uh, Harley Davidson, sure, probably people maybe scrambled triumphs back in the days and BSAs. And Harley did have some World War II reparations going back to World War II. They got Aram- a share of Aramaki and probably, uh, 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 you know, DKZ or whoever the hell made those two strokes back then. Um, and Harley you had had some dirt bikes in the seventies. Okay. Uh, and in the sixties, I think late sixties, seventies, um, that, uh, but they've never, they never made their own, you know? So this is their first time going into this segment ever. Uh, you know, if you don't count the Buell Ulysses, which didn't sell for, people hated them for whatever reason. But, um, yeah. So, anyways, so that was that was the first point in contention. We they've never been in this segment before. Now you're going to tell me they're dominating in the press release? Come on. Uh, the second thing I wanted to say is, uh, knowing what I know about Harley Davidson in the past decade and how they've reported their sales are going on a decade. Also, the legacy argument that Harley Davidson has made. And we're going to say that Harley's breaking all the Harley Davidson molds and going into a segment that they have never been in before. And they're going to dominate. That's the second red flag for me. The The le- legacy and heritage thing that I'm talking about is the fact that five years ago when everybody's having these motorcycle roundtables and the motorcycle industry's dying and what can we can do to get millennials excited? And, everyone's, and, and I know I'm guilty of it too. We bashed on Harleys. Harley is a cruiser. They're never going to change. There's too many baby boomers riding them, you know, baby boomers, uh, born, what, between, uh, people born 1965 and before. So you got these old, old people in their seventies, you know, buying all these Harleys and Harley rider. And now, you know, not not anybody over 35 is people call them boomers. Now they don't know what that means, but, um, regardless that mark, that, that market is, uh, it's a farce because those pe- a lot of those people aren't riding. A lot of baby boomers are, are di- dying, honestly. And so um, it's turned into a rhetor- – looking back at it today, it turned into like a, more of a rhetorical or possibly um, anecdotal. Maybe, maybe we needed to look at some numbers five years ago when we were talking shit. Uh, but, yeah, so the legacy thing, people saying Harley's got to get back to cruisers, the whole – all roads lead to Harley with Matt Levitich a few years ago. And then, uh, you know, he's going to move to Thailand. He's going to do a bunch of great stuff. Uh, Trump puts tariffs on steel and all of a sudden we're closing Harley plans, right? So the legacy thing being what it is, and people only want cruisers from Harley. Nobody wants a fucking sport bike from Harley. Got it. Fuck you, Buell, you know. Um, nobody wants a... Uh, a ADV bike from Harley, all right? Fuck you, Buell Ulysses, get out of here. Nobody wants a fucking scooter from Harley. You know, nobody wants... People want their goddamn American big cruisers. So the legacy thing, you know, let's make a V-Rod. Let's make a fast, really high horsepower, water-cooled... Fuck you, V-Rod, get out of here. Your Porsche made you, you know, Porsche did this, Porsche did that. Listen to Eric Buell uh, talk about it. Uh, it seems like they had more to do with it than Porsche did. I mean, people say Porsche, Porsche probably, uh, if anything supplied the, um, some of the tooling or something, I don't know, but it, it doesn't sound like Porsche designed that motor to me. And Porsche makes air cooled motors for the longest fucking time. So I don't know what you're talking about. Um, anyways, so, uh, v Rod, get out of here. If it's not an air cooled gigantic twin, or we'll we'll let the girls ride the Sportsters. We don't want it at Harley Davidson. So you're going to tell me that past 118 years is all of a sudden, you know, 115 years, let's say, is going to all of a sudden change since February of this year. So that's the second red flag for me that popped up. Uh, the thing that I'm talking about with the sales uh, and things like that, this is a red flag for me because Harley-Davidson, sure, they're saying that it's the best-selling ADV bike in uh, North America since February. That's what I think about that. Why? Because if you go back to 2014, you go back to 2016, we have like, if you go to Nasdaq.com, The Motley Fool, uh, Investor Magazine, like the Milwaukee Business Journal, like uh asphalt and rubber cycle world. like you can go to a motorcycle mag you can go to a money investment mag you can go to a business mag they're all gonna talk about Harley Davidson's tactic that they pulled in 2014 when they had some slipping sales numbers uh or or delivery numbers and they say hey we're supposed to deliver like you know two thousand two hundred and seventy thousand some odd bikes uh, somewhere between 260 to 280. Let's put it that way. And they barely make it in, excuse me, they barely make it in over their 266 mark. You know, oh shit, we've made it by like 6,000 bikes. Woo! That's a, when you're talking of uh, hundreds of thousands of bikes, 6,000 is a pretty close margin. So they just barely made their shipments. Oh, and how did they, they do that? They considered them sold when they left the factory So they're quote sold to these dealers And you know dealerships They're not making the bikes at the dealership We make them at the factory They're our customer They buy them from us So whether or not actual customers were buying them And taking them off showroom floors um, And registering them They were counting them as sold Or shipped as Once they left the factory And so that was making their numbers look really good 2015 came around uh, they did okay. 2016 came around. Oh, crap. We got to do this again. They did it again. And that's when it was a stink because Harley Davidson was like, listen, man, you're making hundreds of thousands of bikes, 200 and some odd thousand bikes a year, a year. And then you're making us take them. We're still selling. Like, listen, a uh, quick, quick side note here. I bought my 2017 bike brand new in 2019 was zero fucking miles, not even one mile on it, not even three miles, not even test ride miles, zero miles on it. I put the first, well, I put the first half mile on it when I said I want this, and they wheeled it off the showroom floor out to the to the uh, to prep to, to give it to me that day. So, long story short, you know, there's bikes sitting around for a couple of years. No, even even Harley Davidson, you're not going to sell. All of all of your uh, your inventory when you have that big of an offering, right, uh, domestically. So, um, and and uh, long story short is that I think there was probably some still some twenty fourteen inventory that was forced onto dealers. You have to take this so that our numbers are good. You have to take this bike. Um, no, we don't give discounts. We're Harley Davidson. We're a premium brand like BMW, who we're talking about now. And so <clears throat> they said, shit, you know, probably in 2016, they still had some 2014s or 15s left over when they had to take them again uh, to uh, for Harley to make their numbers. I'm just guessing, but I think that that's probably the case. And it made news in 2016 because everybody started making a stink about it. And, and sales weren't great in 2016, they started to slump. Um, that's right around the same time that Trump was elected and taxed or put a tariff on steel, which made production crazy. And Harley was already laying off, uh, not laying off, but consolidating production and they're shutting down plants and they were laying off people because, you know, you're laying off like 1700 people in one place and you can only move three or four. 500 of them to the to the other plant, whatever it was. I don't remember the exact numbers, but it was something like that where they're laying off this many people here and you can only, excuse me, you can only hire this many people here. So, and it was a thing. It was a thing that happened. They consolidated. So, and I think they closed down a couple plant. plants. They might've closed down Kansas City or something, I forget. Uh, but they did a bunch of consolidating. They had to do the all roads lead to Harley where they're announcing the Pan America and all the cool bikes that are going to be coming out. Um, but when all that's going down, they're suffering losses from their EPA uh, lawsuit where they had to pay you know millions of bucks for selling super tuners and they had to do uh, you know restitution, some clean water act or build a silo for clean rainwater. I don't know what the hell they had to do. They had to do some stuff though. There's a lot of stuff. The ABS recalls, like they were getting hit with a lot of stuff uh, financially. And so... And they're not shipping as much. So they they focused a lot. They said they were refocusing assets instead of on production, on marketing. And part of that was to say, yeah, how many bikes do we ship versus how many do we uh, really sell? You know, So that was part of it. So that's the, another reason why I can't believe Harley, why I think this press release might be bullshit. And I'm calling uh, – initially it slapped me in the face. And I'm going, wow. Are, did they do that with this is it just be are, are they saying are they saying it and here's a here's a, another thing I don't know how, what I'm on three or four uh, top uh, red flags now but they're not saying for what quarter and they're not saying if it's year to date either so it may be the best Harley-Davidson in North America year to date well the year isn't over and a lot of the stuff is uh, um, that's how this year is gonna it's kind of shaping up anyway but there's a lot of stuff that's going to count. Uh, at the end of the year and Santa Clarita, Harley call, uh, told me that 4,048 bikes were sold. And it might've said that in the press release, our allocation, we were all sold out of our allocation for North America. So out of all the Pan America, I don't know how many they made. It's irrelevant if we know that the number was 4,048 for North America, um, they sold out of their whole allocation. Yeah, there's been a buzz uh, surrounding this bike. Everyone's been talking about it, whether they love it or hate it. So sure, there's a buzz. And any press is good press. Uh, like I said earlier, uh, Ari Henning and Zach Kortz made a video about it. Lots of people may have made videos about it. Lots of people have ridden them. I personally know two or three people that have got rid of their baggers and got these bikes. And I've also seen a couple of, uh, other hooligan racers around here that you have done hooligan stuff and seem to be like Harley influencers. Now they have, uh, the bikes. A lot of the bagger racing league guys have, uh, as some of those are the bagger racing league, uh, gentlemen have picked up a Pan America on the side for the personal bike and their bagger as a racing bike. Uh, whatever, whatever it is, uh, there's definitely hype around this bike okay there's definitely been a lot of hype there's definitely been everybody from the adv segment is try- gonna you know bash it or or uh, disprove it right all the way to harley guys so there's been there's been talk about it it's been it's been definitely a, a point of conversation so we'll give them that but uh the fact that um I got the the numbers from Santa Clarita uh, is one thing. Um, and like I said, it might have been in the press release. Santa Clarita also said, yeah, anybody anybody of these competitors can go get the data. The data is coming from MIC, which is the Motorci- My- Motorcycle Industry Council. They do collect North American sales data. Um, uh, I, I kind of should make this point. Harley Davidson for a long time boasted that they were the held 50% of the market. And what they meant by that was 50% of the on-highway vehicle over 900cc market. When you look at actually how many vehicles are sold, period, that are motorcycles, it's it's still a huge chunk. Harley-Davidson has a third of the market, and everybody else splits the rest. And I think Honda and Kawasaki are the next runners-up. Honda makes a shit ton of dirt bikes. Um, And you know what? Side-by-sides sell way more than motorcycles. There's a lot more, like... Polaris is probably the big winner because they have Indian which is barely making more sales than BMW probably Uh, but they got the the uh The side-by-sides, the Polaris Razors. And the, and the side-by-side market is killing it right now. So regardless of how many motorcycles Honda sales, sells versus how many side-by-sides and Pioneers and RUVs, ATVs, and all that crap they sell, it's irrelevant. Harley still does have a pretty big chunk of the motorcycle market. But the way that they even worded what they're selling and their share in the past was even a little bit skewed. So you have to take that into consideration as well plus the way they count their bikes as being sold as suspects. So there's a few things here that aren't looking great for Harley. The MIC data, sure, any OEM could uh, go in there and refute it, like Santa Clarita Harley said. Um, but here's something that you got to know. MIC data, uh, through my work, I have access to it. My work and the podcast are separate. And even if they weren't, as soon as you get access to the MIC data, you have to sign a non-disclosure agreement. So even if I knew, I couldn't tell you. Um, but an OEM sure could get on their press release and verify it, and and go in and say, actually, we've sold this many, blah blah blah. Um, sold three percent more than Harley. If they wanted to, and Santa Clarita Harley said that, and that is true. However the thing you have to know about the MIC data is that it's usually, I mean, it's usually end of year that really matters. Um, and it's usually the end of the year stuff that goes into their statistical, uh, readouts and reports that you can get. You don't want to do a, I mean, you're, of course you're getting like quarterly and mid-year stuff, probably for your investors, but, uh, that most of that could be internal to really compare it against other brands. It's that year end one that really, really dry, you know, gives you the best perspective of what's going on. So Harley Davidson might be saying that this is the best selling ADV bike this quarter year to date. I have no idea, but it also, here's the other thing about the MIC data is it's not free. It's, And it's not like a few hundred bucks for a report. It's like thousands of dollars for a report. So unless you really want to go in there and, you know, prove Harley wrong, uh, yeah, an OEM could go in there and refute it. Do they care? Probably not at this point in the year. They probably are just worried about the next, this last quarter uh, getting through. So. What I did is I went through here and should we kill, should we shoot a bear with a gun real quick? Are you fired up like I am? All right. We're going to punch some facts right in the face here. Here's what I do know. I went back to 2019 and I know the Pan America wasn't available then, but this is um, 2019, 2020 and 2021 for BMW. Uh, who has been refining and defining the uh, ADV um, segment since 1980. Uh, In 2019, BMW said, our sales are up for the ninth straight sales record. And I don't know if that means the ninth straight quarter or not. If you've been following the show since 2015, you'll notice that alluding to what we just said a few minutes ago, we've been... Noting how Harley's sales have been slipping quarter after quarter after quarter for like 10 straight quarters or something like that, uh, possibly up until this year. We'll see. But uh, uh, so BMW's had their ninth straight sales record. Like I said, ninth straight quarterly, I don't know. Yearly, who knows? Um, so they say in 2019, they sold 175,162 units. Uh, that's pretty good. BMW is a small niche premium brand. And so Honda probably sold that many Groms worldwide or Super Cubs that worldwide. Uh, that's a pretty big number for BMW. And as we said, uh, Harley has shipped two Hundred thousand sixty, so they they've shipped a hundred thousand more bikes than this. Uh, so they're you know already hardly selling more stuff globally. Uh, but BMW's up. Uh, twenty twenty rolls around. BMW um, sales down three point four percent. Doesn't take a whole lot to shift it a few percent. They're down to 169,272. So not quite uh, ten thousand bikes down. Right, and that shifted it a few percent from almost six to three and a half. So that's a big chunk for BMW, and only took ten thousand bikes to do it because these numbers are a little bit smaller. Um, but still, just a, a, a just uh, if you're looking at another another uh, um, what's it called perspective, they're only down two percent, right? Roughly two point four percent. So um, not a huge. Crazy drop, not like they're down like 80%. Uh so 2020 was bad for everybody, but now in 2021, BMW says, Hey, we've had our best ever first half sales result in 2021. Over a hundred and seven thousand six hundred and ten motorcycles and scooters have been sold worldwide. This is a 40% increase over the same half last year. And of course, 2020, terrible. So everybody's probably selling more than they were in 2020. Uh, that's when the used bike market was going crazy. So if they continue on this, they'll be, they'll have sold 215,320 bikes, I guess. Is that what 107610 times two is something like that. So they'll, they'll be in the 200,000s for the first time ever. If they, if they sell equally the same amount in the second half, um, and that means they will have beat their 2019 ninth straight sales records, you know, by a few 50, 25,000 bikes or more. Um, so here's what we can look at. BMW has, has roughly sold and, and tracked their numbers. Well, we have data for BMW from the MIC. We have uh, BMW, um, data. I actually got this online and from BMW, um, press releases, um, Some other data from uh, 2019 uh, BMW press release says 59,000 R-1200 GSs or or GSAs were sold globally and a third of all BMWs was a GSA. Uh, I also got North American sales numbers from uh, BMW press release and it says North America, we sold 1,000... Uh, I'm sorry, we sold 15,116 units. Help. Harley-Davidson probably sold that many street 750s. <laughs> it's not a very big number. So if one-third of all, uh, if they sold 59,000 GSs globally, great. Uh, in North America, they specifically sold 15,116 units, probably a lot of R9Ts and GSs. Um a third of their sales from their global quote, a third of them was a GSA. So if I take the uh, strictly North American sales for 2019 and divide it by three, um, one third of that would be 5,038 bikes or GSs or GSAs. And I'm just getting that. That's not a hard number. I'm just taking their their comment that a third of all BMWs sold was a GS. So I'm just taking the North American numbers and dividing it by three to get a third. So uh, it could be more. Maybe specifically in the North America, more GSs were sold. It could be less. But let's just go on this, uh, this average statement here that in 2019, they sold uh, 5,038 GS or GSAs in, in the U.S., um, and in 2020, they were down two and a half percent from 2019. So if we drop a couple percent off of there, let's just say they sold 4,048, uh, or or even 4,000. I don't know, 90 uh, GS or GSAs. That's barely over what uh, Harley's claiming that they're sold this year. So long story short. Everyone suffered in 2020. So going off of the 2019 hard numbers that we have for BMW, it is quite possible that if you figure that there's a lot of Harley guys out there that didn't have an adventure bike to buy in 2019 or 2020, and now they do. And everybody from Kyle Sleeger, whoever the, uh, the, the guy is, um, I'm sorry, not Kyle, uh, Rob wheelie King or one wheel wheelie guy. Fuck. Well, I don't know. Go on Instagram and look at, uh, uh, one legged wheelie monster or something like that. He's always on Harley's doing stunts. I think he rides for icon. He is on a Pan Am now doing stuff. My buddy bought a traded in his baggers for a Pan Am. Um, you know, lots of people, there's a guy on five dirty bikers podcast traded or, uh, has, r one that I think he got rid of for a pan Am so there's a lot of people interested in these pan Ams. I'm not saying that there's not but mostly Harley alluding back to my um, sales data information I was telling you earlier where they claim to have a third of the market share and I think that that's probably true I think some I think somewhere I I read on some online thing, you know, you can, you can find all this information on the internet. You don't have to go to the MIC. I didn't go to the MIC cause it's a lot of money and you have to sign a non-disclosure agreement anyway. So from press releases and sales figures that you can just find on the internet, you can deduce that if Harley does have a third of the market share in the U S And BMW has a very tiny sliver of the market share. Even though the GSA is a very popular bike, Harley guys didn't have a Harley version of a GSA to buy uh, two years ago when GSAs were the hot shit. And now they do. And so we can deduce that probably some of BMW's market share that would have gone to a guy that would have had to buy like his bagger or whatever and then buy, uh, um, you know, a, a R 1200 gs or R1250GS on top of that. Now he's got a Harley version of that. And instead of buying a Harley and a BMW, maybe he's just going to trade his Harley in for the BMW that he always wanted, but he couldn't pull the trigger because he's a Harley faithful. So... In retrospect, and to make a long story short, and to put a fucking pin in this show, I will say, or you know, put a put a hat on this show and a tuxedo and uh, kick it out on the street, where it is possible that Harley Davidson is the best-selling ADV bike this well, year to date. We'll see what the end results are, and we'll look at if people publish their sales data. Um, at the end of the year, but yeah, thanks for hanging out. Thank we we need to get some music back in here. This is a this has been a long music list. Uh, I hope I hope it didn't bore you to death with these figures and and my deductions, but uh, you know, just kind of figured I called BS on Harley. I just couldn't believe what they were saying based on a few key factors In things harley's done the way harley's been represented the way we're told harley davidson loyal is loyal to the cruisers maybe they're just loyal to harley davidson and i'm stoked i've said it before on shows on instagram uh i screamed it off the rooftops i'm stoked that harley davidson's branching out i am stoked that they have the pan america even if i think it looks like a whale shark and it doesn't look like an ADV bike, fine. It doesn't have to look like an ADV bike to be an ADV ADV bike. Uh, And I'm glad that they're branching out because that means they're going to be around for a lot longer. And I'm also glad that that motor claims, um, like 150 or 160 horsepower,s and they've detuned it slightly for the Sportster S so which still should make somewhere around 120 now all they need to do is make the Sportster S look like the Bronx so it can go up against the FTR 1200 and we can have uh, Eric Buell roll over in his grave because they're basically making all the bikes that he did 20 years ago all right, well, everybody, we're going to call a show. Uh, I had a whole bunch more, uh, more stuff to talk about um, that we'll get to next week, and it was basically how BMW is uh, it was <laughs> it was fuck getting into the the R eighteen that hunk of shit bike they are doing some crazy stuff with electrics and so at least harley has their foot in the door with with the live wire and has spun the live wire brand off um and there's some triumphs and stuff that are just coming out that i wanted to talk about but yeah bmw is going nuts right now with electric stuff electric bicycles electric scooters and electric uh harley the one i was alluding to um earlier at the beginning of the show where harley davidson built a bike that looks like a mountain bike but with no pedals uh bmw has done the same only it looks like uh hammered dog shit i wish i had two of them one to shit on and one to cover it up with all right let's get out of here everybody have a good uh weekend we'll see you in a few couple few weeks and, uh, we'll talk about BMW and electrification and all the stuff that we didn't get to now. So BMW, Harley Davidson, the battle continues. This is, uh, this is kind of cool. The, the two of these brands are so on par with each other in such different ways. Uh, get out there, get to a, uh, October 1st, um, get out to Progressive. If you're going to be in Texas and, uh, Uh, There's a couple things I wanted to talk about um, for our trucker friends. I know a lot of truckers listen to this show, um, so we will get to that on the next show as well, uh, keeping you guys safe but potentially crushing motorcyclists. And uh, all right, have a good one. If you got any uh, show ideas or if you want to become a patron, go check us out, patreon.com forward slash creative writing. And uh, if you got any emails, missives you want to know about butt plug, if you want to write into Piper, or or whoever the hell it was last time that uh, crashed their motorcycle and wanted to um, drive their wife off a cliff or whatever it was. Uh, write us creative writing podcast at gmail.com if you have show ideas if you want to make fun of the nokomoto bros sorry we didn't get to Wiggins and I roasting a bike this week either I just don't want the show to go any longer than it already has I wish I had stopped talking 14 minutes ago alright everybody next time next time we'll roast a bike with Wiggins peace grease and tell your niece to quit squeezing the geese unless she has them on a the leech alright bye